It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. Uh, my special guest today is uh, Michael Branch. Michael is, a, is an author of the book, The Light Through the Darkness. She's a life coach. She's a healing coach. And um, she uses her story and her experiences to help other people overcome the obstacles that they're going through. So Michael, welcome to the Time with Thank Fred podcast you. today. Thank you so much, Fred. I'm so happy to be here. Michael, oftentimes when we... I introduce guests and, you know, I say, you know, who they are, whether they're psychologists, whether they're life coaches and, and when, whatever they, they do, uh, oftentimes the title of where they are presently masks, right, the, the, the story or the experience that, uh, that, that, it, that it've been through. And, and, and in most cases uh, that I've seen or that I've interacted um, with, with my guests, there's always a powerful story, right, or, or an experience or a journey that they've been through. Uh, to get to where they are today. And you're no exception. You're an author, you're a life coach, you're all of that. But behind all of that is a very powerful story, especially behind the book, The Light Through the Darkness. Um, tell us a little bit, Michael, about the inspiration behind this book. This book is literally, um, when I wrote this, I was going through one of the hardest trials of my life. Um, I found out in 2018 in the fall that my husband um, was having an affair and was, we were battling with infidelity. Um, at the same time, the, I, the, the kick in the gut on, you know, additionally to that is the fact that the, um, he could possibly be the father of a child. And at the time, we did not know because the uh, woman was pregnant. And so I was dealing with infidelity and a child, meaning I couldn't hide from this. If this was his child, everyone would know. Um, and for me, it was, it was gut-wrenching. I was devastated. And for the first time in my life, I actually went to God and I said, I don't know what to do with this. The first thing I thought in my head was, I'm gonna run, I'm gonna, this is it, I'm done. I'm done. So I prayed about it. That was my decision. And when I went into my prayer closet that night to think I was going to get confirmation from him of, yes, leave, you're good. That is not what I got. What I got was, I want you to stay. And if you stay and let me fix this, the blessings on the other side will be more than you can even imagine. I, at that moment, you would think I might be a little bit like, really? But I was actually really upset. And I was crying and crying and crying and very, very upset that I couldn't just escape the situation. This was my second marriage. The first one also ended because of infidelity. Um, there was no child involved, but it ended the same type of way. And I felt very, very, very betrayed. Um, when I left that prayer closet, I got a prompting. And that prompting was to write write about this, write about what you're going through. And I was like, uh, I'm not going to write about me being cheated on and possibly have my husband have a child out of wedlock. And it came clear as day for me not to write about the what, but to write about the how. And the how being is basically me 
leaning on God and my savior, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. and surrendering my wants for what he knew was best for me. And at that time, I did not know what was best for me. I just thought that running and getting away from it was, was the answer. And that was not what he had for me at all. So that is where the book comes from. It literally is me walking through that journey, me healing, literally as I'm writing that book. That wow. was the therapy that I had um, going through that time. So my readers are actually getting a full-fledged moment-to-moment -moment of what I'm going through, the realizations I'm understanding from God, what he's giving me. They're getting all of that in raw, real time as I wrote the book. Wow. And wow. as I was going through that trial. Wow. And Michael, you're, 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 you are so right in that, you know, for, for a lot of people who experience um, infidelity, um, you know, it, it's one thing if it happens, you know, without any, any proof. And by proof, I mean, like, like a, a baby, right, or a child right. coming out of it. But right. not, not only did you have to deal with the fact that it happened, right? Now you had to deal with the fact that there was a child, right? So there's, going to be constant living proof or reminder, right? Because it's it's somewhat easy to kind of not dwell on it if there is not that proof. But, but here you are with, with proof, with a child, which you are now actually taking care of, right? Yes. And we're going to go, you know, we're going to go to that in a minute here. But um, how do you grapple with not, not one aspect of it, the act itself, but then having a child, right, as, as part of it. That's like a double-edged sword, right? If I, can use, totally. if I can use that phrase. Yes. How does one process that? Literally, you process it because you've surrendered. Because mm. when it first came up, I wanted it, like I literally was praying, because like I said, she was pregnant. So mm. we didn't know at the time. So we were already going through therapy and I went, we asked the therapist, you know, what should we do? And he's like, continue to go through, you know, go to therapy, mm -hmm. continue to work on your marriage. And we'll deal with that when we deal with that. So I was praying that, okay, it's not his. Mm -hmm. Like, Lord, at least you can give me that. Mm -hmm. Like you can give me that. And when she was born, um, the, the situation with her, her mother and mm -hmm. her uh, mother's family was such that my husband did not feel that mm -hmm. it was the right place for mm -hmm. her to be mm -hmm. in. There mm -hmm. were situations mm -hmm. there that he just didn't want to have to, right. if this was his child, right. he did not want her to have to go through that. Got it. And so um, we immediately got a blood test and um, paternity test, and it came back pretty quickly that, yes, in fact, she was his, his child. Wow. I remember that day, Fred, and I literally, um, he read it to me and I was holding the baby. And at this time, um, I really did not have a, a maternal connection with mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the child because remember I'm, I'm grieving kind of because, yes. you know, I'm grieving my, my marriage. I'm grieving the possibility of now us having to truth, like everyone will see what has happened if this really is, is his child. And so when he read the results, I just broke down and he just put his arms around me and just said, I am so so sorry, but we will get through this. I promise you, because 
previously, uh, before she was born, we were thinking of possibly adoption because like I said, she wasn't able to mm -hmm. be, it wasn't the right atmosphere for her right. to be in an environment with her mom. And, you know, when, when I thought about that, I kind of felt like that was an easy out for me, right? If she, if we, if he gives her up for adoption, then I only have to deal with the infidelity, right, right. meaning no one would have to know, right? Um, however, God knows what he's doing with his, with his children. And so what he did was um, one day when I was praying, he basically said, is this something that you would tell a brother or a friend of yours to do? You're basically asking someone to get rid of their child because you can't handle it, because you are thinking about you. His intention was, I've been through foster care. I've been through the system. I don't want her to possibly have to go through what I went through. That was his reasoning for, if she is mine, um, can we raise her together as a, as a whole couple, as a healing couple? Um, and so that came to me of, I can't just do that. That's not in me to do. How awful would I feel if down the line we find out that something did happen yeah, to this yeah. innocent child who had nothing to do with the acts of her parents. Something happened to her and we could have made a difference. I would have, I wouldn't be able to live with myself with that. So Heavenly Father knows, he knows his children well. And so that, that extra added piece of, of her um, it was extremely hard for me in the beginning, extremely hard, Absolutely. but, um, it, because she was a reminder every time I looked yep. at her in the beginning yeah. of what happened. And for my story, it gets a little even deeper than that because I struggle with infidelity, not infidelity, infer infertility. Mm -hmm. Um, I was only able to have one child of my own who now is 27. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge dif difference, you know, from going from a mm -hmm. grown child to a, a baby. And so there was a double, a triple edged sword, if you will, with that. So it was definitely a reminder, but somewhere in there, God turned my heart and he allowed me to see this baby for what she was. And that was an innocent child who knew nothing of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And all she needed was love and she needed someone to take care of her. And I knew that I could do that. Wow. And by wow. me doing that every single day and me turning my attention to what her needs were the love for her started mm -hmm. and I was able to see her as a child, as my husband's child, not a child right, that came right, right. in that situation, but my husband's child and my love for him, my love for us as a couple automatically accepted this little one. Wow. And that's where the, the change actually came. Michael, for and I know you're 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 a spiritual person, so I can definitely relate. Uh, but but even for you know people who are who who claim to be spiritual, right? Um, the grounds for separation from or, or breaking up a marriage um, only happen under circumstances such as these, right? Where, where there's right. infidelity, and that's where where a lot of people base their what a lot of people base their their decision on, but in your case, um, you 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 felt the need 
to stay because you 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 heard right it was based on you know your relationship with god and you prayed and you felt this conviction uh to stay and mm -hmm. that, that that for me is a very powerful testimony because even for for people who claim to, to walk this walk um aren't able to to make uh to take that stance right, right. That, that that you took how convincing would you say uh this confirmation was or how clear was it for you uh to know that in spite of the hurt in spite of the pain in spite of the anger which you felt because you're human right which Correct. almost everyone would feel right how convincing was it for you to place this decision over all of those emotions which i'd assume were very real and mm -hmm. valid right how convicts con convincing does something like this get for 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 you in this time fred i was in that prayer closet all the time and every single time i was in there almost every single time i was in there i was always saying are you sure this is what you want me to do and every time I was given, and maybe it wasn't always in the prayer closet, but a lot of the times it was outside. Once I've prayed and once I'm out of praying, I will just get these, these promptings or I will turn on um, one of my like um, uh, YouTube station uh, pastors that I listened to and they would say something that would answer the question that I had the night before in the prayer closet. And one of them was this. I remember asking, are you sure this is what you want me to do? And the next day I got this, this, this thought of when you got married, you take vows, right? One of those vows is, you know, for better or for worse. Mm. What is the worst thing that I think could happen to me? And that's when I was like, well, this, and the, the little prompting, the voice said, that is your worst. Mm. And I still say you are supposed to be together for better or for worse. I think that we don't take those vows seriously. No, we don't. We, we don't. We, we we only, yeah. We only like them. the better, right? Yeah. 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 We just say them. But he actually made me think about every one of them and say, what's your better? Okay. What's your worst? Mm. What's, what's the sickness? What's the health? All of that stuff. We're supposed to stay. We're supposed to be there. Now, I'm not saying that you stay in a situation right. that is physically. Correct harmful to you right 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 um there's that that that's i'm not saying that what i am saying is if you pray on something if it is in your heart that you're supposed to work this this situation out if that is what you if you are a christian and you know that this is something that you you sign on the dotted line right for better or for worse richer or poor sickness and health we need to take our those those vows because those covenants are not just made between husband and wife. They're made between husband, wife, and God. That's right. There's that triangle, and so you're supposed to do all you can to make it work. And when I got that that prompting, and then I also knew that I received that prompting that I was supposed to stay and give it all to Him and let Him fix it. Hmm. That was the very moment that I was like, okay, fine. I'm not going to ask again. I'm going to give it to you. Whenever I felt um, a need or whenever I felt like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore because it was rough. Those emotions you feel, those, those that anger I would feel, um, even some of, even kind of like a little bit of 
jealousy for the fact that I never could have a child yeah, after yeah. my first child with my first husband. And here's some, you know, just wayward, you know, situation. You have a child with this person. Yeah, I, I was, I was really upset, very hurt. There's so many different things. And so I would just continuously go to my father in heaven whenever I would feel anything that was um, not in direction of what he had prompted me to do. I would go to him and say, okay, this is what happened today. Or this is how I'm feeling today. I, I need for you to fix it. Wow. I need for you to fix it. I need for you to fix, because I did not have the capacity to do it all. I didn't, it was just too much. Michael, this is, this is what I call, uh, not I call, but this is, this is what the Bible called the peace which passes all understanding. Because if you, if you think about it, the kind of peace that he had um, the convict, the convict, the convincing piece that, that you had uh, must have been so powerful because I'm sure there were other opinions, maybe from friends and you know family and 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 all other you know people who tend to be quick to have an answer when we're in situations like that. But the kind of piece that you had, I'd imagine, was so powerful to surpass all the human understanding, like the rational understanding, which under normal circumstances would, would, would tell you to do anything but stay. Um, and I know it's because of that spiritual connection which you have, which, which I totally uh, can relate to. Um, how, again, do you separate that? Because I'm sure even after that, you know, you have the self-doubt. What am I doing, right? What am, I'm sure there were moments yeah. when you, what am I really doing here, right. right? Or even someone probably may have told you that, um, maybe friend or trusted whoever. How, again, is it to be able to, to override those thoughts? I mean, I, I know you talked about the confirmations that you got, which, which we get, whether you're reading a, a book or an idea mm -hmm. or something that pops up. Uh, but again, as human as we are, there are moments when you, you have those thoughts, you know, like second guessing yourself almost, right? Um, and again, I'm asking this because this, we, we all go through moments like that where even though we claim we're sure that we want to do something, there are those second guessing thoughts right. that come that, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Who told yeah. you, right? How do we override those thoughts? right or those um opinions or narratives even to the point of alienating relationships right because mm -hmm. i'm sure you know well-meaning people or family or friends you know may come with their thoughts and their advices and you may have had to go against those putting those relationships as at risk right right there are those who are so connected to those relationships, whether it's family, whether it's friends, that are well-meaning, by the way, right? To where mm -hmm. you, you stand, to, you risk those relationships when it appears that you're not listening to what they claim to be, right? Those expert ideas, if you know what I'm saying. How yes. does one get to the point where you're willing to walk away, um, even if it's jeopardizing those relationships, right? Because this is, this yeah. is something that we all experience. Totally. And I totally talk about that in the book. So in the book, I talk about um, the tools that I was given. And one of the tools I was given was the fact that we need, I couldn't, I literally went through this experience by myself. I told no one. Mm -hmm. I did not tell my mother. 
I did not tell my family. I did not tell my friends. I did not tell anyone when I was going through this in the very beginning. Um, and it was very clear to me of why God told me, don't mm, tell mm, a soul. Mm, mm. And it was very hard for me because I am a very, um, whenever something happens to me in my life, I automatically go to my mom, number one. I, I always feel like I have to have somebody else's okay or somebody else's support to do whatever it is that I'm doing. And so when I got that feeling of this time, I need for you to only come to me, mm. only rely on me. Don't go to anyone else. I, it made me feel so lonely in this space mm -hmm. on top of everything else. But when I tell you that is key, that is the key to being able to go through a trial of this type of magnitude truly surrendering yourself to God and literally only doing what he asks you to do. Because what happens is, like you said, when you tell other people and you get other people involved, you tend to listen to them. Yes, yes. And a big part of that is because you don't want to we all, we all want to look nice and well and upstanding to our, our friends, our family and all that. So if we don't do what they say, or we don't do what the norm is, and you mentioned it earlier when you said that usually married couples, right? If infidelity comes into the mix, that is the, that is the time that they're like, yep, we can get, we can get a divorce. That's, that's a, that is, that is the, 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 you know, the, the breaking point when really that's not the breaking mm -hmm, point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you're if you're really really listening to what um, the scriptures and the Bible stories tell us, um, and even the vows that we take, mm -hmm. that's not the breaking point. It can be, but it's not. And so I think that you know me holding on to not going to anyone as hard as it was. And let me tell you, there were some times I actually had my phone in my hand ready to dial and. Mm -hmm guy would say don't do it because you can't take that stuff back you can't take that stuff back and the the key to when we did tell everybody which was we told everybody the truth I think it was like a year in so a year uh, like 10 to yeah 10 to 12 months into it we told everyone the truth and um and when I say everyone, I just mean our immediate family and only specific, really close family friends. So the rest of the world had no clue. Facebook had no clue. You know, Instagram had no clue. So I was kind of living this double life because no one knew that we had a child, a baby. No one knew that we were going through all this stuff. And so when I did tell my family, of course, we did have some, you know, I did have uh, some folks that mm -hmm. were very supportive, very supportive. And then I had some folks that were like, why are you still there? And were very adamant about their feelings on that to the point where I did have to say, you know what? I don't have the capacity to entertain this conversation. I'm not going to change your mind. You're not going to change mine. This is, it all boils down to this is my life and it's not affecting anyone else's mm, life at mm, all. Mm, mm. So I think sometimes we need to think about that. Other people's opinion is all great. Yes. It might make sense for the earthly world that we yes. live in, yeah. 
but what do you really want? Yeah. What is your conviction? Because nobody else is living your life. That's right. That's right. You know, when they, when, when you finish talking to them about whatever it is and they go their way and you go yours, they don't have to deal with anything that you're dealing with. And I think that's something that we forget. We, mm. we really think that, oh, well, I'm going to make this decision because so-and-so thinks it's best for me, mm -hmm. but don't you know what's best for you? You and God together know what's best for you. Susie Q has no clue. You know what I mean? And Michael, that's, that's something a, that, Yeah, that, that's such that, a powerful point that you, you bring up because there, there are so many of us who are living other people's purposes, right? Or, yeah. or li living our lives based on other people's. And that's a very right. dangerous place to be because yes, we trust, you know, yes, we believe, yes, these are close confidants, right? Or, or whoever, but then to the point that you're making here, it's, 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 it's you, right? That's where the leave and cleave comes in. And even under those difficult situations, and we're not trying to make light of this because you actually made the point that it was a very lonely place. And I remember yes. even throughout scripture where, even Jesus Christ himself had to withdraw, right? Mm -hmm. A few times from his disciples to a lonely place, to a solitary right. place where he right. could be between, you know, where he could be, um, you know, alone, alone with, with the father. And I'm sure those were times that they could have, you know, wanted to hear the opinion of, of James, Peter and John, right? And right. all those people, right? Hey, what, what do you think, right? But, right. but, but it's important um, to be able to separate ourselves right every mm -hmm. now and then when we're going through situations like this and yes these are very lonely very very challenging times um i'd say but but nevertheless important because if you're not careful you can risk being being lonely for you know li living your life based on based on someone else's opinions and if you're not if you're not if you're not careful you can make a mess you can miss your, your your purpose right or what god called you to do and i Correct. i, I that, that's a very powerful point that that, that yeah. you got up there and and you know we are it also boils down to the fact that we are divine beings living an earthly experience mm. we are divine beings living an earthly experience so sometimes and that was literally drilled into my head during this time like i i truly understood in my own way, the, the savior and his, his whole, you know, the whole crucifixion. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he gave his life for people, their sins that don't even believe in him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he still did it. That unconditional love. He, that we, that, you know, the fact that we can sin and sin is sin is sin. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. Mm -hmm. it, it's infidelity or it's lying. It's cheating or it's stealing. It's still a sin. And the fact that it says, forgive those 70 times seven every day, not once in your lifetime, but every day, that unconditional love that our savior has for us mm. brought to me multiple times through this trial that this is only what, like you're feeling not even a fraction of what the savior felt. You're feeling a fraction of it, and I'm, but I'm here to help you through it. It's like wow. he already walked that path, and he was there to allow me that support and that guidance and to fill those lonely spaces to the best way possible yeah. because, of course, he's not a physical being here that I can hug, touch, yeah. whatever, yeah. but to, to lean on his experience on that point. And so for me, that 
that unconditional love, I was literally able to get outside of my feelings, get outside of the fact that I felt like a victim, that I was hurt. This was done to me. How could you do this to me? And all that. And really hone in on the fact that, wow, for my, and this is where the healing comes in. For my husband to do something like this, what, what is he going through? What healing does he need? I start to see people as we're all broken. We are all broken in some way. And we don't do things to hurt people normally. We're doing things because we hurt. So what is the hurt that he had that he felt that he needed to do this? that he was trying to fulfill something. And my husband does suffer from clinical depression. And, and, there, and around that time, even before that time, I could see a change in him. He was definitely not himself. And I remember him telling me, I just don't feel like myself, like something is going on. And even with the medication and the, the um, even holistic medication and things like that, there was still so much brokenness and hurt. And me being able to, I'll like have that unconditional love to see outside myself. It took a while. It wasn't immediate, but for me to see outside myself, I finally kind of realized I'm like, okay, I see why God probably wants me to be here because if I was not here and we have him being in the space that he was in where he was suffering and hurting and broken from this depression. And then you have this child that is on top of that. Like I could see all the different things. I tell him all the time that that child saved him hmm. because when she was born, it like flipped the switch and he realized he needed to change a lot of things generationally and with him, you know, just starting with him. And then that saving her saving him and then him changing helped to save us it's it's crazy wow. how sometimes our god will put the toughest situation the messiest of messes in your path but those things if you can if you can just hold on to him and his word and surrender to his will he can fix anything wow He's the creator of this universe. He can that fix is, That is an amen, amen moment right there, my Yes. God. Amen moment right there. But yes. you, you hit it, you hit it, the nail on the head so powerfully there because you not only, so you, you, even though you were going through a very painful experience and you could have been totally justified by focusing on the me, 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 why, but you you placed yourself, you, you had a, you had to start looking empathetically, right? Mm -hmm. at, at, at the child who was, was born into, into this situation, right? A child who, for many people who are probably watching or listening to what Woody's saying, man, man, I can't, I can't do this. Right. Right. But you had to put your feelings, so, so to speak, right on the side and now love, you know, that this child, right. And also your husband, right? And yes. so th they're such a complicated web, right, of uh, relationships and feelings to, to, to navigate it. And that's where I think, that's what I think makes the story so, so, so powerful. Because again, for a lot of people, it's just the act itself, one and done, right? But now you're, you know, you're staying and you're dealing with your own emotions, you're dealing with this baby's emotions that you become a mother of. For a lot of people, 
this is where you want to live your life, you know, and do what you're, but you're placing a lot of things in hold now and taking yes. care of newborn. And also thinking about the emotions that your husband is experiencing and and the healing and the pain that he himself this is this is such a powerful thing michael we, we could we could go at this for for the whole day but he, here is where i want us to because i'm, I'm sure there there are people who can relate to your story mm -hmm. uh, maybe not from you know the exact same viewpoint but 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 maybe from one experience maybe it's an act that happened right. and may, maybe they're on the path of forgiveness and they still can't or maybe they're contemplating leaving or, or maybe there's a child i don't know but uh, I haven't read your book, but I'm sure there are some practical steps. You talk about the surrender, the forgiveness, and the healing. But mm -hmm. I wanted to speak now to someone, you know, who may be watching or listening to you now, who may have found themselves maybe in the past, right? Maybe with with, with something similar, or or maybe going through that right now, and they're, and they're contemplating, you know, leaving, or or just besides themselves, or angry or upset, and. You, you talk to them. I mean, you, you, you're the one who, who've been through this and, and I can't, I can't um, speak, speak to this because I haven't been through that. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, but I want you to, to address uh, someone, Michael, today who, who may need this, this help, um, you know, because for someone, it may be the turning point, right, of their, of their lives or their marriage or, or, or whatever, but uh, go ahead. So for the person that needs this, for the intended person that needs to hear this, um, the first thing I would like to say is that you are loved, you are a divine child of God, and he has a calling and a purpose for you. Um, in our life, we are faced with so many different things. We have so many different wounds that we have that we hold onto and we carry around for so much. So for so much time, and we think that that is part of us, when really, it's really not. God has so much more in store for us than we could ever imagine. We were never meant to come here and suffer. We were never meant to come here and be unhappy. Happy and joy is all within us because of our spiritual nature, the fact that we are children of God. And I want to say to that one person that if you surrender, if you let go, if you get your hands off the wheel, get your hands off those reins and allow him to direct your path, you just have to take that first step. Even if it's just saying, help me, God, please help me, which I have said many times when going through this trial that I didn't even have the words to express how I was feeling. I just said, help me. He will do it and he will change your life. All you have to do is take that one step and take your hands off the wheel and allow him to work in your life. Surrender to him. And when I say surrender to him, I mean, you know, truly walk in the path of Christianity. I'm not talking about in spirituality. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about spirituality here because there is a difference. Um, we need to make sure that we are doing things that we want to do, that we feel called to do, because everything we ever wanted to know is within us. It's within us already. All we need to do is pull in that deity, that extra oomph, if you will, that power that we can remember those things, remember who we are, remember who you are. You're a deity. You're a child of deity. And we can do so many things, so many hard things. We can still overcome them. 
if we allow ourselves to surrender, if we allow ourselves to heal through, it's not always about us. That's the ego. The ego, when you think about I, 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 me, 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 that's the ego. Sometimes we have to allow that to kind of dissipate in order for us to see what God really wants us to see. I would never have thought that going through what I went through, literally the hardest time in my life that I would be at this place now that, you know, when you, when you run, you, you let everything go, but when you stay and work it out, there's some hard lessons you both have to learn in a marriage. You know, there's some serious communication that you have to go through. And to see us now, you would have, I would have never believed it when this first came into my life that we could be where we are now as a couple. And we both have changed and the changes that we have made have been literally because of God. Wow. So um, that's what I would tell us when you can get through anything, if you just allow God to help you take your hands off, get rid of the people that are talking in your ear because they don't know what you're meant to do. Only God knows that they might think that they know, but they don't know. So that is my message. I mean, truly the art of forgiveness is truly an art. Yeah. We, we need to kind of go back to the scriptures and yes. see how Jesus Christ always forgave, yes. always, always. And there was never a pause. There was never a moment that he had to think about, well, should I know it, it automatically came. And the reason why, in my opinion, is because he knew these people were broken. Mm. He knew they didn't really know what they were doing, just like what he said on the cross. Mm. Forgive them, Father, because they know not what they wow. do. Wow. Wow. What a what a practical way to live out, to live out the, this call, Michael, author of the book. Uh, the light through the darkness um, and if you're listening or if you're watching uh, check out check out this book Michael where can uh, your book be found it can be found on Amazon it can be found on Apple um, it's also in Kindle form and you can also get it on Barnes and Nobles online so it is out there um, and I it's got all the tools there and like I said it it truly is when I was going through it this was my therapy. I was giving you everything that was being given to me in this book. Definitely check out this book, The Light Through the Darkness, where Michael talks about her experience, um, particularly with uh, surrendering, forgiving, and uh, and healing. Maybe it's not you, maybe it's someone else you know um, who may have experienced this, but um, you heard it. You heard it, right? And this is, this is why we do what we do. And I trust that you have found something valuable uh, out of this. You may have not experienced what Michael experienced, but I'm, I'm, I trust that the, the lessons that have been shared or what we've discussed today is, is beneficial to you. Michael, thank you again for- You're um, so welcome. For, for pouring out, for pouring out your, 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 your story or your life in such a, a powerful way by allowing us uh, you, you, yourself to be vulnerable and, and you have no idea um, who, who may, you know, you may be touching, but but thank you again and uh, blessings to you and strength and continue walking this and uh, sharing the story because you're, you're really touching lives. But thank you for coming on and for our audience who stuck with us again. Uh, thank you for tuning in until next time. Stay well.